truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. We are here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze Radio TV and podcast. I am back in the hopefully no longer bee's nest. We'll find out. But I, I want you to know, America, I am literally risking my life to do this for you today. That's not even hyperbole. What, Erzin? <laughs> That's a little thick, man. It's, it's technically true. <laughs> I'm deathly allergic, which means sitting here, all right, means I am risking my life. I'm risking my life for America right now. I loved like five seconds ago. You're like, hey, dude, you, you and the family going to go see Dora this weekend? <laughs> Transitions into, I will stand on this wall. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we can walk and chew gum at the same time around here. You know that. 888 I want to hear anything out of you, McIntyre. All right. You don't have a backup plan. You don't have a wife with a job. You need this. He's got right? weaponry over there. Did yeah, you so see that thing? I don't, I don't want to, no snide remarks. I want affirmation. I brought right? a salt uh, shotgun today. Uh, this fires salt at insects. It's, really? It's very, very handy, actually. Nice. This is actually why I actually enjoy on camera seeing just one of those things. Uh, not right near you. Over there, because that could add some likes to our show. They'd take I, them away again, but at least for yeah, 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, they, of course, won't be officially counted. No, no of course not. But uh, if you want to try liking us on Facebook, you may. Good luck with that. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show or email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. We have a lot going on today. David Harsanyi from The Federalist is going to be joining us here at the bottom of the hour as we get into uh, what is happening now on the doxing and Second Amendment fronts. Uh, we're going to have some Theology Thursday coming up a little bit later on, and that's going to be in response to a question that we received recently from a listener that we thought we should share the answer uh, with the uh, with the audience here as a whole. We've got three non-political questions. All that and more coming your way, but first we must begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Bad Trump. Trump said yesterday he's considering commuting the prison sentence of former Illinois Governor Rod Blagojevich, telling reporters on Air Force One, quote, I thought he was treated unbelievably unfairly. Blagojevich, a Democrat, was impeached and then removed from office in 2009 and later indicted on multiple corruption charges related to his efforts to sell the Senate seat left vacant by Barack Obama after winning the presidency. President Trump also posted this video on Twitter yesterday with the caption, My time spent in Dayton and El Paso with some of the greatest people on earth. Thank you for a job well done. No, really. And now news from left America. CNN hosted its special program on gun-related violence last night. Do you believe uh, another one of the arguments that's offered up is, well, if they didn't have these, they'd use something else. Uh, and if you even took away access to guns, if magically you found up some matrix of laws and processes, well, then they'll use knives 
and they'll use cars and they'll use explosives and you'll be in the same place. Do you believe that? Well, no, I don't. As that town hall was unfolding, police in California were reportedly investigating multiple people being stabbed at locations across Orange County. So there's that. Yesterday, I told you about Texas Congressman Joaquin Castro publicly shaming a list of San Antonio area Trump donors. According to the Washington Examiner, at least six of the Trump donors who were publicly shamed by Castro were also donors to both he and his brother Ulian the past five years. And now learning Spanish today, today's phrase is no. Miami Dolphins player Kenny Stills ripped the owner of his own team, Stephen Ross, for hosting a fundraiser for President Trump while also leading a nonprofit organization focused on improving race relations and social justice. The Dolphins owner is also facing backlash for his fundraiser for Trump from another business he runs called SoulCycle. Multiple celebrities, including Michael Moore of all people, are calling for a boycott of the luxury fitness centers. Walmart corporate employees are planning a walkout of their jobs over the company's sales of guns at its various stores. And Universal Pictures has pulled advertisements for a horror film about liberal elitists hunting so-called deplorables. The film's name is called The Hunt and was originally set to be called Red State versus Blue State. It's still slated to be in theaters September 27th. And finally, this. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Yes, the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox are going to be playing an actual game at the real field of dreams in Iowa. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage today brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking at going full bore into what is a booming real estate market at the moment, you want to make sure that you find a real estate agent that you can trust, whether you are buying or selling or buying and selling. You're looking for an agent that has a proven track record you can verify. You're looking for an agent that has a marketing plan other than copying the algorithms at the office or holding another open house. And you're looking for an agent that actually returns calls, is invested in you and the outcome personally. It's a very personal process uh, working with your agent uh, in a real estate market. A rapport is necessary for it to be successful. And what sets real estate agents I trust apart from other referral services is those are really set up to help find clients for agents. This is the one that is set up to find an agent worthy of having you for a client. If you want to get moving in the real estate market with a real estate agent that you can trust, simply go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. So I'm not much in the mood in general to couch things for you for those of you that that um, that that need this to be a, a sports program, where we predict every week that the home team's going to win, and then if they don't, we blame the referees for the loss. I'm not really much into doing that anyway, uh, because that that's that's why. If you want to know why there's not a lot of earnest efforts at holding Republicans or Trump accountable, it's because there's two reasons. One is that. Uh, too much of conservative media are people that are really just stenographers for Republicans. They're 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 ghostwriting for what the actual GOP leader that they represent wants said. And the other reason is a lot of uh, too much of our audience can't handle it. I mean, you you just don't want that. You you want to be told the home team is going to win every week, and then if they don't, blame the refs. It's never their own fault. 
Okay, that's just the reality of the situation. Now, I've never really, though, when I did sports talk radio, I wasn't into much of that. Um, I'm certainly not into that now. And, and I think I'm even less into it today. And I think it has to do with, I was, I was watching the defensive coordinator for my beloved Michigan Wolverines talk about how great Michigan's defense was last year, except for the 19 minutes at the beginning of the season and the 19 minutes at the end of the season. And he's right about that. They just also happen to be the, the two most important sets of 19 minutes of the whole season. You know, um, it, it's imagine uh, you got a call from one of your children. You sent them, you sent, let them take the car on a drive out of state for the first time. They got to go six hours or something to Chicago. And they call you up, Todd, and they say, hey, pops, I want you to know the first five and a half hour. In fact, the first five hours and, and 41 minutes of this drive could not have gone better. But these last 19 minutes, well, there's an eight-car pileup, and I think they've, they're counting about three bodies they're taking out, at least so far. How would you, would you be like, hey, you know what? Except for those last 19 minutes, it was great, right? Nine out of 10 ain't bad. Yeah, okay. So I'm even, I'm even in less of a mood today to please you in this area. I'm not in that kind of a mood any day. But today, I have like a zero tolerance for it. So the year of no BS is going to be wielded ruthlessly today. If for no other reason, I'm going to feel better when it's over. And some days, huh, I need to make this about me. I mean, after all, there's clearly an audience for it. Aaron, can, do you have that video? Can you play that again? Do, uh, yeah, do, just can, give me do, a couple seconds. Yeah, just, just, I just want it up on the screen as I'm talking. Okay? So... Like 20 people got shot to death in El Paso, right? Right? Yes. No, 22. Because two more died at the hospital. Their, their wounds were so severe, they died at the hospital, right? I believe so. Okay. And the, and, and the shooter we're, we're, still has yet to be confirmed, although he did express similar thoughts to police when he was arrested. But the manifesto we're being sold of the shooter clearly indicates some form of white nationalist um, racial political motivation, correct? Yeah. In fact, I I believe the senator from Texas this week, or this morning, uh, tweeted out after visiting El Paso, he referred to the shooter, uh, Ted Cruz did, as a white supremacist, actually, in a tweet this morning, okay? This video is disgusting. And I don't care... Who among you it offends? I don't care how many. In fact, cancel your subscription four times, please. This video is heinous. This is a campaign video. Right. The music, it's like a, it's like a John Philip Sousa march for like a pro wrestler coming out of the arena. People are dying in there. They're trying to people are they're trying to stop people from bleeding out in there. Now I know what some of you are going to say. Hey, the staff and everything showed up for pictures. It's not about the staff. The staff isn't the president of the United States. Donald Trump is. And if heaven forbid, Barack Obama or anybody ever with a D after their name turned the a visit to an ICU where people are dying or are feared. To be at the risk of dying after one of the worst mass shootings in America. 
turn it into a campaign video. He just... The entire thing is about how great he is. That is heinous. It's just heinous. It's the stuff of being a terrible president. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just not going to hide it from you. Because we all know that it's true. We're just, and if you don't, you're just lying to yourself. And there's no need to. You don't need to turn this into something legitimate because the Democrats are so bad. You can just simply say, this guy's terrible. But, the, but he's not a communist, and I, I got to put a, to put. It's not my fault that Democrats have gone communist and put me in this situation that I have to tolerate this when in no other earthly astral plane I would from a U.S. president. That video is appalling. And most of the reactions I'm going to get to saying so are only going to confirm the truth of my characterization. It's appalling. And it's one of the most appalling photo ops of a U.S. presidency ever. Ever. It's just appalling. In fact, appalling would be the word Aaron and I would use to run down your entire montage. Because the first few things that you point out are essentially where America is as a society, all in a nutshell, is in your montage. All right, so we have... Uh, we have turning the uh, a visit to an ICU into a campaign march video. No empathy. We pose for pictures with the thumbs up like we would, you know, outside a Trump Tower. Just appalling. Absolutely appalling. And I'm going to keep saying it because some of you need to hear this because you refuse. And you're trying to figure out, why aren't my millennial kids following in my footsteps? Why don't they want to vote for this guy? Why don't they love him the way I do? What is it I don't understand? Forget all the fake racist crap. We spend most of our days pushing back against that, and we'll do it again here in a minute, too. That's why. That's why. The kids look at that, and they're like, that is, that is a repudiation of everything you lectured me about at the dinner table my entire damn life, Dad. What in the literal hell, hell is that? That's the video we come out with? Really? I, I just, it's appalling. I'm not sure if it's, if that's a, if that's less or more appalling, though, then let me commute the sentence of one of the worst convicted corruptocrats in recent American memory from the most corrupt political state in the country, Illinois. And let me do that while I'm passing tariff taxes on to you. Hey, enjoy shopping in states like Iowa this weekend. Muy bien. It'll be fun. Let me, let me not secure the border. Let me, let me pass on record levels of debt for the next two years, by the way. So we, we, nothing will change for the next two years. You'll have to get more and more debt because we've suspended the debt ceiling. That's what he wanted. So let's suspend the debt ceiling, let's not secure the border, and let's tariff tax everyday Americans. In the meantime, nothing says drain the swamp. Quite like, I am, though, going to commute the sentence of a terrible Democrat corruptocrat because he was on my reality show. Hashtag MAGA, bitches!
Why would you put up with this? Well, Steve, it's better than Hillary. That we that election was three years ago. Why why would you tolerate this? Well, Steve, um, uh, you know the, the, how bad the Democrats are. That election's not for four hundred and fifty damn days. Why are you tolerating it today? Why? You wouldn't tolerate this behavior out of any of your employees in any business that you own. I, maybe though you don't see it that you own this business. Maybe you just want to be in a political cult. Maybe you're waiting for the oceans to rise. That's hot garbage. Lit on fire. Then with a vat of kerosene. And an extra book of matches on top. Appalling. It's appalling. Absolutely appalling. And I'll let you decide what's more appalling. Turning a visit into the ICU at one of the worst mass shootings in American history into a campaign march video. Or commuting the sentence of Rod Blagojevich. And then you wonder why they never locked her up. And then you wonder why James Comey, we learned, you know what, James Comey violated the leaking laws. Eh, no charges for him. You're being conned. Don't ever forget. I'm not going to let you forget it. I'll say it until they pry this damn microphone from my cold, dead fingers. When they'll, after, they'll be the last thing after the wasps here in the studio get me. I'm not going to let you forget that, that the Democrats have become communists. And I'm not going to let you forget that he is a con man. You're being conned. That's a scam. And what's going to happen now that he's taken all the fights off the table? No budget fights, no foreign policy fights, no border fights. Supreme Court told him last damn week he could start diverting funding to building the wall. Had the construction crews moved in yet? Oh, they have. The ones you paid for privately did. So you can sit there, 68-year-old grandma with your Paul Malls, who sentenced us to this in that primary last time around, who fell for this con, you know, dropping your lung darts in between episodes of Hannity, who sentenced us to this crap when there were three, or at least two or three other candidates that actually believed something you could have gone with. One for damn sure you could have. But you went with this instead. Now, I'm not going to let you forget it. Just like I'm not going to let folks, when he actually stumbles upon doing the right thing, suddenly decide that it's bad because orange man bad, I am not going to let you forget, though, that Cheeto Jesus doesn't save either. And see, now you've taken all, now you've let him take all the real fights off the table. So now we're going to get the fake ones. Now then, now the ego and the narcissism will come right to the surface now. Because if he's not going to be fighting Nancy Pelosi on stuff you care about, and if he's not going to be fighting MS-13 gangs on stuff you care about, and if he's not going to be getting us the hell out of Afghanistan, well, Steve, uh, he said he wants to look at it after the election. Yeah, he said he wanted to look at it before the damn election, too. There's never been more of a look at what he does, not what he says presidency in my lifetime. See, there's a group of you out there that think we lost our fastball here. And no, we haven't. We're just not joining either one of your cults. We're not going to sit here on the days that he does the stuff we like and pretend we don't like it anymore because he did it. But nor are we going to sit here and pretend on days like this 
Or if today was election day, you know, after those debates last week, if we had the election then, I would have voted for him a couple times. But on days like this, I definitely have a new cream rinse or something to try. Some new caffeine-free, some new pumpkin spice element at Walmart to sample rather than showing up on election day to vote for that asshat because that's a clown show and it's terrible. And I shouldn't be one of the only people saying so. In fact, you all should have been saying it before I even got here this morning. And I understand why you're hesitant to do so. I mean, the cosmic timing of CNN asking a question well, you know, if you take that guns away, you know, we still wouldn't have violence, right? It would just go away. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't have bombs or stabbings. Literally headlines from California, mass stabbing event. Six people stabbed in Orange County, California in about 10 minutes. I get that, man. I get it. I totally get it. I get why, I get why you are tempted to lie to yourself. Here's a big lesson, though, that I have learned. And and listen, the story, the Kenny Stills and the Miami Dolphins, isn't that pretty much every leftist progressive argument ever? Hey, you provide me a platform to say whatever I want to say, but then you can't use that same platform to say what you want if I don't like it. I mean, that that pretty much is every progressive argument I've ever encountered in my entire career from Miami Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Stills. So that's the, the, the opening segment of Aaron's montage is America in a nutshell. When it comes to politics, I get why you are tempted to look at that and just let Donald Trump do whatever the hell he wants to you. But here's the thing. At some point as a movement, are we going to stop defining ourselves by how bad the left is in comparison as opposed to What in the literal hell are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? Pray to God. A lot of suburban women never see that video. I'm dead serious. You thought you got, you thought you've got, you thought you got annihilated in the suburbs in the 2018 midterms. Wait until a bunch of suburban women voters see a video of him giving thumbs up photo ops like he's about to sell Trump wine and Trump steaks at the hospital where people were bleeding out from a white supremacist shooter. Good heavens. Pray that video gets buried. Pray CNN and MSNBC never really get smart about this and never really realize the way to take this guy down has nothing to do with dealing with the race card at the bottom of the deck, that most of America is beyond tired of it and the reverb on that hits back on them tenfold. Pray they never figure that out and they just find videos like that and just roll tape on them. They take Don Lemon off the air and just run that crap for an hour. Pray they never get that smart. Because if they do, he ain't winning. I don't care what the unemployment rate is. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Because people outside of those of you Raising your hands in the air at the rallies, like you're at a, like you're at a, like you're at a men's or women's event. Outside of those of you who do that, everyone else hates it and can't stand it. That's not a president. That's a reality TV show star. 
you deserve better. And I, if you, if you don't want to be sentenced, if you don't want to find out, gee, what would the Democrats do if we gave them back power? Hold your people accountable. Or you will. Or you will. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? I could go on, but I'm gonna leave, I'd like to leave at least two or three listeners left for you to still speak to when it's your turn. So go ahead. By tomorrow at this time, we could be voting for Trump 30 times again. Agreed. That could absolutely happen. Yeah. Well, we are living in the reset of the one who is dumbest last loses. Uh, they they react to each other and upping the stakes. Uh, like a, You mean like dox, doxing your own voters? Doxing your own voters, yeah. violating your own voters' yeah. privacy to own the orange man. You mean stupid poop like that, yes, perhaps. This is a perpetual game of hold my beer. You know why? Can I tell you why? You guys, you know what? Why not? I'm, I mean, I'm already out way out on a ledge anyway. You don't want to, because they're actually the same people. That's why. He's one of them. He's not one of you. He comes from them. He's lived in their circles. He's one of them. His celebrity is largely their creation. All right? He is part of this world, not ours. And that's why this is, you're not watching an existential conflict between the right and the left. You're watching Donald Trump go to war with his old liberal buddies. That's what you're watching. You're watching Joe Scarborough, who helped hand this guy the damn nomination, now claim that he's a racist. You're watching a bunch of elite leftists and versus an old-style American liberal, a bunch, of, a bunch of East Coast elitists, go to war with each other over a carcass. That's really what you're watching. And that's why they just get progressively dumber and worse the more they feed off of each other, Todd. They're, on the sa- they're the same group of people. Just a bunch of beltway elitists who live in circles and, and run in circles you and I could never understand, all fighting over the same carcass, the same mistress. That's what's going on here. And so it is unavoidable, unavoidable, that others will ultimately take what they view to be reality, accurate or not, uh, into their own hands. And some of those people might be uh, like Michael Caine uh, slash Alfred's description of the guy who was just stealing the jewels just to watch the world burn. I mean, either you learn how to grown up right quick or kaboom. That's why we can't let him take fights off the table. When he takes issue fights off the table, it reverts back to where this originated from the beginning. Look at me. Look at me. And why aren't my former friends? Why won't they? Why come? How? Let me. Why won't Maggie Haberman recognize how great my victory was? We used to be such friends, and I used to leak stuff to her on the New York Times all the time. If we, if we, as a movement, if we let him take the real issue debates off the table, this is what we're going to get. And damn it, I warned you. I sat here for the last year, and I told you, if he takes all of these fights off the table, we're going to get this. And here we are. This is exactly what the left wanted. They know they're not going to beat them on the issues. They can't get around the fact the economy is overperforming compared to where it was in the Obama years and everything else. That's why you got Bill Maher out there rooting for recessions. They know this. 
So they know that they know instead the path is to bait him into an ego contest because most people don't like him. Because most people aren't 1% East Coast elitist narcissists like Joe Scarborough with his mistress wife, Mika. Are they married yet? I don't know. And Donald Trump. They're not, most people don't live in a world like that. And they know those kinds of people hate them and they hate them back. So if we as a movement just say, yeah, you're right. That, you know, and Russia's right. It was brilliant to not fight over the budget for two years. Because this will just turn out those suburban voters we lost in 2018. You're right. Tell me about your neighborhoods. How much of them love this stuff? What do you think? Where you live? Really get off on it? Think they're just like, you know, I was... Nick, give me the profile, Todd, of the person who was like, you know, I wasn't thinking about voting for Donald Trump. And then I watched him turn the ICU at El Paso after that, those 22 people died into a a viral video photo shoot. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Give me the construct. How many voters do you think that equals, do you think? I shudder at what the possible answers might be to that, but I hope you're right that natural consequences kick in soon. Oh, he's got it. All, the, all those voters. He already has yeah, every yeah. one of those voters. I just don't even know who my neighbors are anymore, man. And, I just don't. I don't. Well, keep doing stuff like that, and you're going to find yes. out. And you may not like yes, the answer. That's it. The Amazon Capital One data breach just hit 106 million. Count them, 106 million of us just had our names, home addresses, and banking information exposed. Forget credit card theft and the stuff that uh, you've got identity theft, hopefully, protecting you from, and you should if you don't. But what about secondary uh, threats? Things like home title fraud. Uh, We told you about uh, a recent episode of 60 Minutes. The FBI's uh, former head of cybercrimes is on there warning about home title fraud. So here's how scammers take advantage of a data breach like this. Even if they can't get a credit card in your name, they now may know the information that you use when you go on to your bank's website to check on the status of your mortgage or even pay it or you go and, and need to get uh, information on your home's title, for, for example, for any reason, because all of that stuff is kept online. There might be security questions there, the streets you grew up on, uh, your, your mom's maiden name, all those sorts of identifiable things now, they have them. And what they do is they go on there for use those to get in to your account, forge their name onto your paperwork, and then they liquidate the equity in your home using your home as collateral. This is why you want to check out Home Title Lock. All right, for pennies a day, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title and make sure if they detect anything nefarious happening whatsoever, they're on it to protect what will be the most important and valuable asset and investment for most Americans, our own home. And right now, you can try Home Title Lock for 60 risk-free days. That's about two months. All right, 60 risk-free days to give it a shot at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. David Harsanyi joins us. He's been on our show several times in the past from The Federalist. It's good to have you back, David. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. So two topics that we've noticed that uh, you have been uh, following that uh, we're tracking with uh, on our show as well. So we thought let's uh, let's compare notes. Let's start with with the the doxing that is going on. Uh, that's becoming a popular trend more and more among leftists. Uh, I saw yesterday that uh, now you're doxing Castro's doxing his own donors. Uh, 
to own the orange man, uh, exposing his own donors' uh, uh, privacy and information. And, and what what is the end game here? I mean, is is there is there? A, tell me if there's another possible explanation for doing this, other than inciting intimidation. Is there another reason to do this other than that, David? There is no other reason to do it to curate a list uh, to that focuses on people who who participate in politics in ways that you don't like. There's just simply no other reason. It's not really about those people. It's about other people. There are lots of voters in this country who want to give some money but don't want to be involved in politics in the way you and I are involved in politics. And you know that's why that's why he did it. And there's really no other reason. What's worse than him doing it almost is that watching a whole bunch of people in the media actually defending what he did. So now you're basically normalizing, you're breaking through another wall. Now we're going to, I mean, if Donald Trump did something like that, there would have been a meltdown. Why are they willing to normalize these things? I have my own theory, but I'd like to hear yours. My theory is that it's almost a, a, a religious zealotry where you know, you can take any maximalist position you want because you're fighting against Nazis. And if you're fighting against Nazis, who cares about the rules? Who cares about the norms? Uh, I, I think a lot of those people convince themselves that this is true. So tactics, you know, the liberal tactics don't matter because what you're fighting against is much, much worse. I mean, I think that's one of the motivations, at least a theory. I think that's true. But I, I and I don't know how what the percentage is. Of of those that I think are motivated by what you're gonna what you described or what I'm about to say, but I, I also think there is a growing deconstructionism within the American left, a growing iconoclasm. And there was an exchange we had on our show yesterday with an anchor at MSNBC talking to Congressman Castro about doing this, and 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 it's a fascinating exchange because it was almost as if he was saying, "Hey, dude." You know, we're doing a lot of this for effect, right? Like, we're not really trying to destroy the country. We're just trying to, you know, help you guys win the next election here. And if you go out there and start, if you break the the seventh seal here, uh, you know, tribulation will be poured out. I mean, do we really want to F up this thing we got here called America? Because it's a pretty good deal, really, no matter who's in charge. I mean, are you you really sure you want to do this? I, I think there is a growing sentiment of leftists to disdain uh, Americanism and Western civilization in general enough that the answer to that question is yes, that they're actually inciting this kind of deconstructionism, this kind of point of no returnism, because it's the same reason radical environmentalists want to shut down the state of Pennsylvania and West Virginia, because that's the only way that you will adopt the policies if, if you feel the pain that are necessary to save the planet. I think there's a growing element of that within mainstream leftism politically at the same time. They're totally fine breaking all of these seals and putting us to the point that there's no more cartilage in the knee, David, because they want to Control-Alt-Delete. Um, I, agree, I agree with that theory. I don't know what percentage of the left is that way, but I think a growing percentage, I think the people who are you know, leading the March for Life or the sort of progressive movement is about that. I, I think that the Constitution holds them back. We saw a lot of that, and I think that sometimes on the left, they didn't understand how important the Kavanaugh hearings were. You saw people throwing away all kinds of norms about, uh, you know, due process and other things, but also about the legitimacy of the court and laws and what they mean to us. And it probably folds into what your theory is. I think that they, they have a new set of a new belief system that is more important than um, American 
ideals. And you see that with uh, Ilhan Omar. You see it. You see it across the board. I mean, I, I hope you see Biden leading and he says a lot of dumb things, too. But I think he's still within the parameters of, 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 of normal politics. But if so, maybe hopefully in some sense, it's it, we're not destined to go the way that you're 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 talking about. But I, I think that unfortunately, that probably probably we are no matter what happens this uh, in 2020. Well, I think I, I think 2020, if he can avoid doing that, when he's, he's done, he's gone quite a bit further left probably than he ever envisioned he was going to have to when he got in this race already. All right. Yeah. If, if he if, if he can stay within the I, I don't think that'll win in 2020, whether it's Biden versus Trump or anybody else. But demographically, it'll win in 2028. It'll win in 2020. It'll win in 2032. You I mean, mean ultimately, if, go ahead. You mean among the left or the whole? Country? No, I think that I think ultimately, if if we don't see a revival of a, of the original American spirit in the foreseeable for, in, for the foresee, in the foreseeable future, that ultimately the country is going to adopt that. That's the arc of history. You see that if when the when the radicals push, if 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 the if the traditionalists don't offer a real solution and they they Nicholas the uh, second this uh, this motherless goat, you're going to end up with the Bolsheviks versus the Mensheviks out there in St. Petersburg Square. I mean, I think the central issue is in a way, and it's been growing on the left for a while, but on the right in some sense, is that who is supposed to take care of you? Is it the state or do you take care of yourselves? Do communities take care of you? Do you, you know, some sort of self-reliance, you know, you know, in, in a community? Where as on the left, it's always been about government to some extent, but now it's gone from, you know, the government should have a safety net to the government owes you, you know, everything. And, and that... That never works. It's never worked. It's never worked anywhere. And it's a dangerous sentiment. But I, as I'll go back to something I said before. I think it's a religious one. It feels good. It feels mm-hmm. right. Facts don't matter that much mm-hmm. as long as you have the right intention. And that, boy, that's just dangerous. And it, the conceit of that is, 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 is re- has been, you know, has been proven to be dangerous over and over again. And it, because it also doesn't, per, it doesn't produce any persuadables. And then when you throw in, you know, the Knight Foundation released a study, the, their latest study on a trust in American media yesterday. And, and, and the only numbers I really cared about, moderates and independents, so people who self-identify as the last remaining persuadables in America, uh, don't believe anybody's actually in the media trying to persuade them. And so their trust levels have plummeted more than any other group in the media. And so when you have one side with a religious fervor, which I wholeheartedly agree with that you just articulated, and then the last remaining persuadables in the, in the country don't feel like there's too many sources out there that are trustworthy to get objective information, that that can back a culture into a corner in the in the in the in, in the not too distant future. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, there are two things going on, I think, at least, is that we used to sort of disagree on how to get to our goals, but the goals were the same. Now, I don't think the goals are the same anymore for yeah. our left, right, well and yep. So, and, and secondly, the media, yeah, th- there's no um, concrete truth anymore, right? No one believes what the other side says. I happen to believe that the media has destroyed itself in many ways. I worked at a, at a you know, pr- pretty big newspaper for many years where I was in a newsroom and there was always bias. Sometimes the bias was driven by people because they just didn't understand the other worldview. And sometimes it was activism. Now it's just open. Act- I mean, Donald Trump has allowed these people to just openly uh, campaign for the Democratic Party constantly, you know, and I think it's uh, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because we start be- believing conspiracy theories and then we get so obsessed with them. I noted this morning that, you know, people so white supremacy, right? It's out there. It's true. But if you're not 
up, you know, if you're not at 11 with them, if you're not hysterical about everything all the time, you might as well be a, a white supremacist right. yourself. And yeah. not allowing any sort of gray area, not allowing any sort of subtleness in a debate. It's real dangerous stuff. Very well said. David Harsanyi from The Federalist is here with us. And you, you see this with, with what happens with gun tragedies. And, you know, we've even devolved further there from let's use this, let's use gun tragedies in general or mass shootings in general to promote uh, gun confiscation or gun control policies to we actually need a specific type of shooter with a specific sort of motivation because it's not just enough to, to, to take away your guns, but we have to point out that you're the only reason you'd want those guns is that you're uh, an alt-right nationalist racist. And so when a, when a straight white male walks into the most surveilled private strip of land on this planet outside of a government building uh, and, and, and grabs a, a 48th floor hotel room, and over the course of three days is seen on camera uh, grabbing duffel bags and cases worth of munitions and other materials in order to turn it into a sniper's nest. Even, and then they clean the hotel room for three days and apparently didn't see anything. And, he ha- and he's the worst mass shooter in American history. He, no motive, totally memory hold. Because whatever, for whatever reason, doesn't, it doesn't fit the narrative that we want. But if we can, guy in Dayton, Memory hold doesn't fit the narrative we want. Guy in El Paso, though, that's the narrative we need. That's another further devo- notion of devolution that I've that I, that you can detect as well. No, absolutely. You, you know, you nailed it there. I think you have these events that used to be a shooting, and then so it was immediately politicized. We have to get rid of guns. Well, those policies actually wouldn't have stopped these shooters. Well, that doesn't matter because, you know, guns and, and people are dying and it's terrible. And now they've somehow linked it to Trump and looked into Republicans. Now you have the white supremacist and everyone's a white supremacist, basically. Here's a problem I have with all of this. Everyone's a white supremacist. I mean, they accuse their columnists who accuse every Trump voter of aiding and abetting basically white supremacy. So now they're all guilty. Red flag laws are for all of them if you want to pass them. You, you have created this, this situation where you almost force the other side to immediately get defensive about it, as Republicans do with gun laws for very good reasons, I think. And then you can't move forward and actually do anything that's helpful in any way, even incrementally. There's nothing that can be done because politics simply doesn't allow for it. And the final thing I want to ask you about is let's bring that what you just said full circle to what we originally talked about. And back to my operating theory about what what the, what I think is the is is the impulse driving a lot of the left, this this or this this iteration of the American left. If you produce this is the cloward and pivoting of America, um, and and what what happens is if you create a situation where the distrust is so embedded, so that you know the the idea of red flag laws in 1987 would not have immediately, I don't think, even if you didn't think they were necessarily you were in favor of them, the initial suspicion you would have had to something like that 30 years ago is nowhere near where it is now. Because you recognize that, the, that the, do you want the Rashida Tlaibs of the world deciding whether you ought to be red flagged? Do, do, you, do, you, do you want the, uh, um, uh, the, you know, the Elizabeth Warrens of the world deciding whether you ought to be flagged? And so... When you create a situation now where they're, they're, the common ground is just not attainable, no matter the tragedy, no matter the evil, then nothing 
nothing happens, nothing changes. And then, and then when you get to the situation where the dysfunction becomes overwhelming, that's then when a culture tends to turn to whoever's got the solution that government is the answer to all of our prayers. I think that's, I think that's what you're watching is the cloward pivoting of the American system. Nothing can save it. So you overrun it with dysfunction. And then ultimately the only thing people could possibly turn to is, is, is Sovietism. Yeah, what's weird about all of this, it just popped into my head, and I mean, I've written about it before, is that things are actually pretty good in, I know. in general. I know. You are you are right now living in the greatest time that in America, the freest, greatest time that's ever been. It's just economically and the you know, how long you're probably gonna live, the, the the pain you have to live with, the house you live in, everything. And we talk about the world as if we're in some sort of apocalyptic, you know. Um, movie. It's it's just kind of crazy. People don't even know. And I speak to people about guns quite often, and I, they don't even know that crime's fallen like you know tremendously in the last thirty years. Gun crime. I'm, you know, mass shooting is a separate problem, I think at least. But they don't even know that violence is down. They think they're living through the worst time that's ever happened, and that's part of what we're talking about. It's this: you're not living in reality. There's no context to the world. You think everything's falling apart, and uh, that's why you grab. You know, that sometimes the dumbest ideas, the conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and of course, in the end, state to help, you know, help you personally be a more spiritual person, which is absurd, and to, cho- to lift up the world and to help everyone. And, I, I, you know, I've always sort of thought that a lot of this was just theater. And, you know, in the end, people are, are, fi- are going to be fine. But I feel like Twitter, the Twitter world is moving into the real world every day. And that's 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 a horrible feeling for me, at least to mm-hmm. think about David Harsanyi from The Federalist. Good to see you, David. Thanks for joining us again here today on Blaze TV. Take care, all right? Anytime. Thank you. You bet. David's appearance brought to you by our friends over at Riduzone, who know it would be just really creepy if you went into somebody's house and they had a, a stop light at their kitchen table telling them, hey, it's now time to stop eating. Uh, the good thing is there's one uh, that you don't see. It's inside your body. It's a signal that goes from the gut to the brain called OEA. For various reasons, sometimes just because we ran that red light so often, it just decided what was the point. Uh, it just doesn't work for us the way that it's supposed to. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It's not a bunch of chemicals or stimulants or caffeine. It's just OEA. It's just putting that signal back in your body to help you with your portion sizes and getting control of your cravings. Because that may be why you're not seeing the results that you had hoped for, despite the hard work you might be putting in at the gym or in other areas when it comes to getting healthy. If you want to give Riduzone a shot right now, they're offering it to you with my name, Steve, as a promo code. You'll get a special offer when you use that promo code, Steve, when you go to their website, riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. You guys have any thoughts in the conversation we just had with David Harsanya over at The Federalist? Oh, that last part. Yeah. Especially, I mean, because he's, I, I think he's an atheist. Is he not? Yeah. Uh, but he's re- there's something spiritual going on. All this th- stuff that we have, and he, you can tell his wheels are spinning about, you know, what does this mean, this lack of understanding of our reality is. He's talking about the gated community effect. We are just, we are, are drunk on the things that we have. Hum- suffering is uh, palliative. It is humbling. It it, it gets us to a- acknowledge uh, what is real in ways that other things can't. We are way too comfortable these days across the board, and so we just Start making up monsters in the closet and then ruthless, brutal, ungodly ways of killing those monsters. And it is, again, the worst thing of spy spy versus spy you've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of chuckled there at the end when, you know, he said this is, you know, things are actually really, really good uh, in our country right now. 
but that's eventually going to be our oh our undoing yep. is how thing how good things are because we have no perspective on what bad right. is and when we have no perspective of that we'll we we could go any number of directions that are not what we are experiencing right now just because we as Todd to use Todd's term we are drunk on our own largesse it has been a tactic of leftists and it really through the arc of history i mean you saw this in russia uh with when it, with the assassination of tsar alexander it is a common tactic of leftists to use external means to convince a society it is on the brink of collapse in order to panic it into ushering in the radical change that they want and you that's that's what you're watching right now that's that's what you're watching right now and that's why the president cannot feed into this with his ego and narcissism okay he just because a lot of americans believe this is like the worst we've ever been. We never had a president like this. People who said stuff like this, do stuff like this. He cannot feed into this. That's what they want. They want to run against a narcissist, not a president. More in a moment. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. You know, a low credit score can keep you from getting the things that you are working hard to obtain in life, like a, a home, a car, maybe even a new job. Uh, you know, a lot of companies are looking at credit ratings now in, in vetting the, uh, their job applicants. And then even if you do get approved, if your score is too low, you'll get stuck with punitive interest rates compared to everybody else. You don't have to go through this anymore. Just call the specialist at creditrepair.com. They can help you work to repair your credit and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, even collections and bankruptcies. The key there is inaccurate. I mean, if you owe, you need to pay what you owe. But you'd be amazed if you, if you don't know how to go through your credit report. You'd be amazed what you'll see on there, um, things you've never heard of, having gone through two different home sales where I had to qualify for mortgages. I've gone through this firsthand. All right. And that's where credit repair can help. Here's the number for the free credit evaluation. 800-501-3199 is the number. That's 1-800-501-3199. When you call, you'll get a free credit report and score. And then they'll let you know what creditrepair.com can help you do to improve it. And from there, you'll decide if you want to sign up for their services or not. But the initial consultation there with the score in your evaluation is free. Available for everybody unless you live in Georgia, Ohio, Mississippi, and South Carolina. Again, 1-800-501-3199. That's 1-800-501-3199. Or go to their website, creditrepair.com. That's creditrepair.com. All right, let's get to it. Theology Thursday, one of our more popular segments each week. And, and I want to answer a question from, a, from one of our listeners for Theology Thursday this week, because I, I, I know he's not alone in asking this. And so I, I, I think I can, I can slay multiple birds with, with, with one stone here. You guys ready to go? Yes. You bet. He writes, um, this is from Andrew, who says, I've got a point and a question. I think you are right that we're going to see 
uh, a Trump voting tranny being promoted during uh, the 2020 cycle. But I suspect that it will be due to them being assaulted or by unfair demonetization. Just as Andy No became a, quote, conservative reporter throughout leftist media because he was attacked by leftists, whoever this person is, maybe it's somebody um, that is already out there in the media, will be labeled as conservative, right-wing hate monger. So my question, therefore, is where is that line drawn? I just recently retweeted a tweet from Blair White, Blair White where he said that a three-year-old trans child is like a vegan cat. You know they're not making the, their own decision. I can see the argument that we shouldn't be using arguments from people living a lie because we're conserving truths passed down from our creator. However, I'm having a hard time reconciling the idea that I should admonish or be critical of media who acknowledge that Mr. White made a pithy, truthful defense of children because he's living a lie when one of the biggest names in defense of the unborn uh, is an espoused heretic. CRTV's own, or Blaze TV's own Ali Stuckey does a great job snapping back with, tri- with pithy truths in defense of life. Yet she's an affirmed Calvinist, which she explained to Ben Shapiro means that her theology believes in preordained salvation, as in God has chosen who will and who will not be saved. Unless I'm missing something, that's just not a theological difference. That's even antithetical to the gospel. Mrs. White is living as a woman, which is a lie. However, he has been on the front lines against child transitions, which is a morally right position, despite him living as a woman. I believe Mrs. Stuckey is preaching a heresy, which, if taken to its most logical conclusion, would go against the Christian moral life argument. I mean, if God predestines who will be saved, then he predestines for the millions of babies who have been aborted. How much pushback should be exerted against Mr. White by conservatives for the attention he's getting from the right when he points out that the wax my balls bigot guy in Canada is most likely a pedophile and not your run-of-the-mill mentally ill person when there's no pushback by Christians to to false teachings within our own ranks? Thanks for what you do, Andrew. So, boy, you can tell I'm in a mood today if I'm willing to take this one on the air, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in that mood today. Maybe it's because I'm back in my seat and not, you know, in the in the B-list annex. I, and it could also be that I know at any moment my life could just end right here on this show. At any moment, the wasp could descend and this could be it. And so I'm sort of thinking, can't take any of it with me, right? No wasted ammo. So I'm in a no wasted ammo mood today because at any moment, he's dead, Jim. It's amazing. When you risk your life for a cause, it does bring a certain amount of clarity. Go on. You're still not buying this, are you? Go on. (laughs) A couple of things. Number one, um, if we require creating mental illness deranged mascots uh, to make our points, our points suck. That'll be it for today's show. Yeah. We're going to show, show ourselves out and the Muzak will take you home. Unfortunately, it's only 12.06 and I'm contractually obligated to speak for another 54 minutes. So I cannot just leave it there. But I, I don't buy, I don't need mascots. I, 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 don't, I don't need some uh, to bring on somebody who's black to prove I'm not a racist. 
In fact, do you know what happens when I take somebody who's black and treat him differently and use him only because of, of his race for my own purposes? What's a word for that? Racism is a, is a word for that, actually. The opposite of racism is not, well, I'll go, go get my non-whitey to spew my tribalistic talking points against yours. No, that's actually racism versus racism. Okay. Um, you want to know what the opposite of racism is? In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither male nor female, nor slave nor free. That's what the opposite of racism is. Likewise, I, I, I don't need to be lectured to by, I'm on my ninth abortion Huffington Post contributor that I, that I don't care about women. I've, I've been subsidizing three of them for the last 20 years. You know, my wife has been blessed to not have to work outside the home if she doesn't want to. I have two daughters and if you've met them for more than 10 minutes, one of the things that will dawn on you is these children have not been deprived of too much. I think that's fair. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to, I don't need a dude dressed up like a woman to deflect that I'm a, against a charges that I'm a bigot. I don't accept your charges. I'm not taking your collect call and you shove that all right up your sphincter hole. I'm not playing your game. I didn't get into this to play their game. I got into this to play ours. So we don't do mascots on this show. I didn't bring on, notice when we brought David Harsanyi on last hour. I didn't say, and I want to bring on, you know, just to prove that my points on, 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 on the, the cultish aspect of the American left are so correct and then I'm not nuts or crazy for pointing this out. Let me bring on my atheist friend. And even he sees it. Did I do that? No. In fact, when did the notion that David Harsanyi is an atheist even come up in the conversation? Did I even bring it up? No. It didn't. No. Who brought it up? I brought it up and after it. As a tertiary question Correct. at the end of the actual conversation. Because d does, it make it, does it make the points that we are making any less true or false, whatever David Harsanyi's particular persuasion is? No. no. You know what makes something more true or more false? Whether it's more true or false. I am just not playing the game that the, the truth is determined by the vehicle for it. Nope. I'm not. Go find another show that'll do that for you. I'm not, I'm not participating in a movement that will do that. You want to know the real reason I haven't been invited to CPAC to speak? Because I was one of the first voices to scream loudly when they invited a guy to be one of their peder, to, to, a guy who advocates pederasty to keynote that year. I've been to CPAC numerous times. They've hosted book signings and stuff for me on multiple occasions. You want to know why I have never been invited there to keynote speak? Even though our platform has grown bigger, our audience size has grown bigger, Facebook page aside, but by every other metric, by every other metric, our show is doing great. Except for you look at Facebook likes. <laughs> Except for Facebook, by every other metric, we're doing well. Okay? If you want to know why I haven't been invited back there, it's because I was one of the first people to point out, no. I don't remember what that dude's name is. What was his name? What was his name? 
the Greek oh, dude. Milo. 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. We're not. No. He was on video promoting pederasty. The idea that adult male homosexual men recruit teenage boys into homosexuality. They mentor them in the process. That's what pederasty is. He was on video promoting that as sane. It's insane. No. That's why I haven't been invited back. That's why. And I'm totally okay with it if, because, because I know that's the reason why. I'm not playing your mascot game. I don't care if you're in, you know, I mean, I care on a, on a, as, on a spiritual level about what your spiritual beliefs are. Because I care for you and your soul. But I don't, I don't need you to fit a certain um, uh, box for me to check just to show Joe and Mika, see, I'm really not that bad of a person. Because I don't give two turds that I just squeezed off from my left butt cheek, runny ones even, what Joe and Mika think about my character. And neither should you. So I don't, I don't need to deflect anything. I don't, I don't, I don't think my point, if, if the culture is so far gone, if you really believe the culture is so far gone that you couldn't walk across the street to your neighbor with a Joe Biden yard sign and say, don't you just think it's a really terrible idea for three-year-olds to get gender reassignment surgery? If you think that's where we're at and that they won't listen to you unless you grab your own mentally ill person, get out of politics. Get thee to a nunnery. We're, we're, waste, we're all wasting our time here. If that's really where we are, that you couldn't, you couldn't convince the average person in your cul-de-sac, it's a pretty terrible idea for three-year-olds to choose their own gender. Agreed? If you really think that's where we are, I mean, that's where we are in the comments section at Vox. That's where, you, that's where, we, that's where you are with CNN's primetime lineup, which I believe has like 800,000 viewers. Nothing. And most of them are held hostage in an airport somewhere in America with a flight delayed. If, if you really believe that, if you just walked into a Walmart and a Target anywhere in America, whether it's El Paso, which might have a higher population of illegal immigrants or aliens, or Missoula, Montana, and just started grabbing people, whether no matter how many tats they did or didn't have, piercings they did and didn't have, wife beaters they were or weren't wearing, and just started grabbing people as they walked into the Walmart. Hey, what do you think of your three-year-old choosing their own gender? And if you think we're so far gone now that unless I'm standing there with a person who is clearly mentally ill to make my case for me, those folks won't listen, get the hell out of politics. We're way past the point of no return then. Full-time evangelism at that point. Benedict option, Rod Dreher, at that point. Get thee to a nunnery, Ophelia. We're done here. Thank you. So no, I don't buy that premise. You want the truth of why we promote things like this on the right? I'll give it to you. Because I'm kind of in that mood today. A lot. Because it's what you want. It doesn't help us make our cases. It doesn't. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter how many articulate black people we get in conservative media. They're not having a staff meeting at MSNBC and saying, you know, hell guys, we were going to roll out there with whatever the hell Chris Hayes has planned tonight to call you guys a bunch of racists this evening. 
But then we saw you found your 47th articulate black voice and realized we kind of beaten that dead horse, right? I mean, <laughs> 46, when you, when you found your 46th articulate black person, we, we were like, oh, you know, still racist, but they're getting close to the, the they're getting close to crossing the line into true tolerance. And when you found your 47th articulate black voice, we realized we're just going to have to come up with a new line of attack here. Is, is that, that's how the, if, I mean, if, 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 that's, if this helped us make our arguments, that would be how the game was played, right? The math seems solid. Steve. Yes. Yeah, let me tell you why we do this in conservative media. Because you white people want to see this. That's why. Because you want to see it. Yep. Because you you're, you're t- you're, you're stung by being called racist your whole lives. We go find conservative, whatever the new it, you know, perversion is, whatever the new it thing is. And we go find the Republican version of that because that's what you want. It doesn't change any minds. It confirms yours. You click on that. You like it. You want to believe, and you know what? Because I like so-and-so, I'm not a racist. Because I like so-and-so, I'm not a homophobe. Because I like so-and-so, I'm not a transphobe. This isn't done to win any arguments. It's done to get you to click on our stuff. You like it. That's why it's done. It's not changing anybody's minds. There isn't a single, you, I have done the work. I've been in black churches trying to get them to help us on the life cause. It's not as simple as, you know, show them some speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave in 1961 about the, the sanctity of life. And they're like, oh yeah, I never thought of that before. It's not that easy. These aren't constructs, they're people. You need a relationship. It's not just as simple as, let me throw somebody, they've already got a movement doing that, guys. There's already a party that does stuff like that. If they want that, they're just going to go there because they're going to give them more free stuff. You have to win the argument like on the merits and stuff. So I'm not playing the mascot game, no. When we get to pedophilia, which that's coming, all the documentaries that are doing they're doing on pedophilia now is what they were doing on trans madness four or five years ago. So that's coming in the next few years. When will we have our conservative pedophile who just uh, abstains? When will he keynote at CPAC? When will you say no? That's my question today to you. That's really the question I started the show with, and it's the one I'm continuing it with this hour. When will you say no? When? Because until you say no, they're going to keep hearing yes. When will you say no? Slap an elephant on it, color it red, slap it up, trip it, rub it down, Belle Biv DeVoe. Right? That's all you want. Just put an elephant on it. Give it a Fox News contributorship. It doesn't matter how wretched that person is, how troubled they are, how broken they are. 
how deranged they are. I just need to be told because I'm a Republican, I'm not a terrible person. So I'm going to use you the same way the left uses you. But it's okay because I'm using you to make me feel better. I'm not playing that. There's nothing Christian about that. Nothing biblical about that. I don't think there's even anything conservative about it. And if that's not a, if all of those aren't good enough arguments for you, I'll give you one more. It's a stupid ass strategy. Because all you're doing is fueling all you're doing. You're, you're injecting more of the identity politic into the atmosphere. You're not coming up with antibodies to fight the disease. You're spreading the disease. And that's why we do it in my industry. Because you like it. You like seeing a non-white face read stuff off a teleprompter that tells you you're not a racist without knowing anything about that person. You like seeing non-straight people tell you you're not a homophobe. Why do you care what people who hate you and what you believe think of you? Why? I don't. And it's very liberating. But you do. And that's why we give you this content. Because you like it. You watch. You click on it. In droves, in fact, Far more than you'll click on stuff actually defending what you claim you believe. You're defensive about it. Now, the other point. Disagreements over free will of human beings have been going on since the dawn of the church age. Nor are they antithetical to the gospel. I could do whole shows on what is Arminianism? What is Calvinism? And someday we might do that, actually. When I decide I really don't want to have any friends anymore, and I'm getting close to that, though, so it might even be next week, all right? Um, you know, when, 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 you hear, when you hear a Catholic like Todd agree with me that Pelagius was bad, but still believes there's enough good in the human nature that we can choose to follow God, what does even that mean? Who was Pelagius? We should maybe do shows, a show along those lines and spend an hour on that because that's how long it would take to give all of those various views justice. But the reality of, 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 of this is, is, is of these debates over human free will um, boil down to this. Everyone has to agree that God takes the initiative. Otherwise, there would be no salvation. God took the initiative to send his son. For God so loved the world that he sent. He sent. He sent. He sent. You didn't compel. You don't owe, like when, when, I, when you say, well, if God, for or, don't choose, don't decide you think Calvinism is a bad theology, Andrew, because you don't like the ramifications of it. Decide you don't like, decide that you don't think Calvinism is a good theology, because you don't think it's a good theology. Because when you start deciding what is true teaching or not, based on the ram human ramifications and consequences of believing something, that's not a theology, that's a meology. And there are better arguments against Calvinism than that, because the reality is, we sinned and God owes us nothing. 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 
could have left us all in our sins. He doesn't owe you, me, anything. He's owed, in fact. And yet, for God so loved the world that he sent, that he gave. Who's doing the sending and giving here, gentlemen? Who's doing the sending and giving? You? Me? You know, here's how it worked. A whole bunch of Jews realized, you know what? We need to repent of our sins. Send Messiah. And God heard that and thought, you know what? I wasn't going to send Messiah today, and now I will. Thank you. I, and in fact, I, I forgot about sending Messiah, so we'll send him today. Is that how this works? No. No. God gave. God sent. God always has to take the initiative. See, we're not debating. <laughs> we're not really debating human free will. We're really debating the initiation of God. I'm not really debating human free will. You're debating the initiation of God. Because if God doesn't give and if God doesn't send his son, what even if you are a free will absolutist, if God did not take the initiative, what would you be re, what would you be choosing? without the choice that God even made available to you. Why do you even have a choice? If you're a free will, if you're a big free will person, if you're big in Arminianism or that kind of theology, if you're big into free will, then my question to you would be, what would you be choosing if God had not taken the initiative upon himself? For God so loved the world that he set, that he gave. Have you noticed that a lot of our theological arguments are really about elevating ourselves and not God? Like, look at, look at the way we label parables. You know, my favorite Bible story is a prodigal son. Then you read it wrong, actually. He's not the hero of the story. Oh, I know why. I know why our flesh loves that story. Man, God loved this guy that totally deserted him, and he went off and, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, played tag at every brothel in the pagan communities and ate all the pork he could find. And then he had to sleep in the, in the, in the pig pods when he, when he crashed and burned and God brought him back like it was nothing. See, we want that justification because that's, that, 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 that we turn the prodigal son into the theological version of what happens in Vegas. Days in Vegas, all right? Prodigal son isn't the hero of the story, folks. Those parables are in a series of stories that Jesus tells to talk about the love and grace of the Father. The real, if we were going to do truth and, and subtexting and subheading, the real title of that parable ought to be an all-merciful father, not the prodigal son. But we can't help but make it about ourselves. We love to do it. Because we love, we love me some me. See, we're not debating human free will. We're debating the level of initiation of God. That's why, I don't have a, that's why I don't have free will debates with people because they don't really realize that they're not debating free will. First of all, if you're a Christian, why are you debating how much of your will you get to still have? Shouldn't you be praying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and in my life as it is in heaven. When the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, that's how he taught them how to pray. Pray that God's will be done on this earth and in your life as it is in the heavens. 
when Jesus prayed to his father at his lowest moment on this earth, what, what did he finish his prayer with? Give me the strength and my free will to follow through on my messianic mission. Is, is that what Jesus prayed? No. What did he pray? What did he pray, Aaron? Not my will, but yours. Your will. Yeah. So we're not debating human free will. We're, we're, we're debating the initiation and will of God. That's really what we're debating. And I'm, by the way, I'm totally fine debating that. But we like to start a lot of our theological debates off of what makes us feel better. What consequences of believing this am I willing to accept? There was a great Babylon Bee headline recently. Local Christian promises to give Jesus everything except belief in unpopular truths in today's culture. Yep. So there's arguments against Calvinism that are good. But the idea that, that, that if it's true, it makes me uncomfortable with the ramifications would be aren't one. You're not God. You know who else is not comfortable with believing in God's truth because of the consequences of what it would believing it be? The world. The rainbow jihad. That's, that's always the worst reason to reject a theology. Reject it because it's a bad theology. Not because the consequences of believing it make it uncomfortable for us east of Eden. Now, in terms of the particulars of Calvinism and Arminianism, what's double predestination, which is what Calvin taught, or a single predestination view, which is what Luther and other reformers taught? What's the Catholic soteriological view? What is soterology, which is that's the study of salvation. That's a sub-branch of the science of theology, the study of, of, of salvation. None of those studies are worth studying or would be studied, though. If God had not taken initiative, for God so loved the world that he gave, that he sent, he acted. He took initiation. So even if you're a free will absolutist, you still have to recognize that if God had not initiated first by sending his son to earth, you'd have nothing to choose. You would have nothing to respond to. I think that's enough for today. You know what? I think we could lighten things up a little bit when we come back. Let's do three non-political questions. You guys okay with that? Yeah. I think I've smacked the pinata around enough today, and I'm feeling really good. I'm going to pass the sharing ball. <laughs> All right? More more in a moment here, live and on demand on The Blaze. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Stay tuned. Hey, if you're thinking of making a major purchase with uh, carpets because of pet stains and odors that you just are pesky and you can't get them out of the house, you've got to try Genesis 950. Uh, with water, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so that they are gone for good. It gets down into the padding. See, that's where the problem really can be because you can vacuum and shampoo your carpets and stuff and you're like, it, it, it looks okay in here. And then a day or two later, those smells are back because it's down into the padding, folks. All right, And that's where Genesis 950 can help you get down to the root 
of the problem. Plus, it's antibacterial, so it's safe and green safe, so it's safe for your pets, for your kids. You can use it even as a household cleaner. Put it in your own if you've got a carpet cleaning machine at your house. Um, you can use it in that machine. Heck, you can even use this for the grease stains on the floor in, in the garage, for the the, the quartz and, and granite, nice stuff in the kitchens and bathrooms. But where it really shines is the possibility that it could save you from making the major investment in new carpeting. All right, give it a shot. Genesis950.com is the website when you go to check out. If you use the discount code BLAZE, they'll give you a discount. At Genesis950.com, promo code BLAZE for the discount, Genesis950.com. And now it's time for three questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed, because sometimes, just sometimes, we need a little, uh, we need a little break from the dumb and the depressing. It is three non-political questions here on the Steve Day Show. Question number one, what is on your Mount Rushmore of ice cream? Starting off with a really, really difficult and controversial question here. So here's my struggle with this, because there can be like basic flavors. Like I, w- I would say mint chocolate chip is a basic flavor now. Neapolitan's a basic flavor. Stuff that's widely available. And then you have like your chunky monkey at... Um, at you know Ben and Jerry's, or you know Halo Top. If you're if you're if you're into lower sugar, low carb ice cream varieties, Halo Top by far is the best I've ever tried. Uh, they, they, their peaches and cream is really good. Um, I'm a big Blizzard guy. I'm I kind of like I like ice cream with my stuff. If you know what I'm saying, you know. So I love mixing you know Reese's peanut butter cups and cookie dough and my ice cream. Or you go to Menchie's and you can kind of get just a little bit of ice cream, but load in the toppings. And so this is what makes it hard for me is, so when I said yesterday that I agreed on buy, sell, or hold that mint chocolate chip is the best flavor. I agree it is the best basic flavor of ice cream. But if I had a choice between a bowl of mint chocolate chip ice cream, or I go to Dairy Queen and I'm like, okay, I want, I want a blizzard with Reese's peanut butter cup and cookie dough in it with whipped cream on top. I'm taking that blizzard. Okay. So, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with um, the Dairy Queen Blizzard because the, my options available to me are pretty pretty plentiful. So that, that's on my Mount Rushmore of ice cream. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to go with mint chocolate chip. That's on my Mount Rushmore of ice cream. I'm going to go with the Blue Bunny chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. Have you guys ever had that? Mm, I don't think so. Or the or Nestle Toll House version is really good too. This is where the, like the ice cream sandwich, but yeah. it's 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 chocolate, it's gooey chocolate chip cookies instead. I'm going to put that. I get it's four, right? Yep. So the so Blizzards mint chocolate chip ice cream, the chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich. And I got to really make this fourth one count. 
I'm really feeling some pressure right now. I know. Yeah. I got to make this fourth one count. Um, and I'm going to forget something. Like I should pick a Ben and Jerry's flavor because those communists can make some great ice cream. But the problem is I like seven of them. You know, I don't know that there's one I like any more than the other. Um, hard to stay inside the lines here. Uh, what do we do? Todd, you go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I got to make this fourth one count. You go. You go ahead. Frozen vinegar does not count. You're sweating Done. this like, I a, am, man. like a hornet is coming down. Guy on starts you right asking now. me about Calvinism and is Ali Stucky a, 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 a heretic? And I'm like, I got this. Ask me which ice cream flavors to put on my Mount Rushmore, uh, though, dude. And I am a broken man right now. I'm dying over here. I will go uh, with vanilla malt, not shake malt. I will go with uh, my. Favorite Blizzard is with a Nestle Crunch. Just keeping it simple, keeping it clean. I will go with Buster Bar uh, from Dairy Queen. They are outstanding. And then... I've uh, got my fourth. And I'm talking. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Can I have my own ice cream moment? Yeah, I, I just, I needed to say it so I, <laughs> I didn't forget I'm it. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> He's so happy that he found it. And that's really what I it was. I, just I, yes, I, I, was, I wasn't going to say what it was. I like, I've got it. I know. I was just more excited. You yes. did it. Yes. Uh, and fourth from my childhood, from um, ice when the ice cream truck came around, the strawberry shortcakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were solid. That'll preach. How could I forget the shamrock shake? Uh, oh, yeah. that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, you know. Well, because you were talking mint chocolate chip. I mean, the that's cousins. True. That's, that's true. Why. That's true. But uh, yeah, the shamrock shake. I mean, it's the official drink of... of of Desa Stan. It's the official drink. Is it still good? I mean, like... Yes. Because I haven't had one since I was a, a a wee child, and I remember it being a novelty, And I, but I haven't... I mean, it could just be Drek, but it... Inject no, it, it straight it's into my veins. Still good? Okay, that's yeah, good to absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I feel like with the, the Shamrock Shake, for me, it's a cross between kind of the, um, the nostalgia of it and also because of the time of year. Uh, it's just... I eat it, and I think of NCAA basketball every single time, you know, because it always comes out around that time, I think, every yep, year. So. You're right. Yep. Uh, my my Mount Rushmore, and number one with a bullet, my, my mom makes a mean, a mean homemade ice cream. And so the, the, the Butterfinger, the homemade Butterfinger ice cream, apparently there's some secret recipe or process to it as well. The homemade Butterfinger ice cream has been a staple around my house uh, for special occasions for as long as I can remember. That's number one with a bullet. And I, I mean, I don't eat ice cream that much anymore. It just doesn't set well with me. I make exceptions for, for Butterfinger ice cream. Secondly, it's the bunny tracks from Blue Bunny. And it's not That's the good. actual, it's yeah. not the actual tr- tracks. It's like the fudge swirls yeah. in them are just, it's yeah. out of this world That's type good. of uh, t- yeah. type of chocolate. And uh, let's see, I, I would say the Reese's McFlurry from McDonald's, that's that's really, really good as well. And then I had a fourth one, and I can't remember what it what it was. Oh, it's uh it's just the it, it's just a plain uh, uh, vanilla shake. I can't have malt. So the shakes, for some reason, those those to me just hit the spot. Can every I get time. can I throw in an underrated? It's not on a Mount Rushmore, but if you if you need some if you need a hookup. And you got like only a dollar or a dollar fifty or something on you. Hot caramel Sunday at McDonald's. Yeah. It's not it's Just really inexpensive. And very underrated. Yep. Yeah. The fudge is good too, but the hot caramel one really shines. Yeah. 
All right. Question number two. What's something that's popular right now that annoys the heck out of you? Conservative mental illness. Non-political. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, right. I violated my own rules. (laughs) That's a long list, though. Abbey Road came out 50 years ago today. Yeah. One of the greatest albums ever. Ever. Um, Something that's popular right now that annoys me. Uh, the ruining of a lot of things in pop culture that we used to be able to enjoy and unite and agree on with shared common themes in order to um, score social justice warrior points with social media mobs. That's, that's still, something that's really popular right that's now. That's still political, though. Is that still political? Yeah. But you know what? How about politicizing? Can I go with that then? Politicizing that which should not be yes. political. Politicizing that which should not be politicized. That that's the number one popular trend right now. That is that it's it causes the most uh, issues in my own home as we're constantly trying to navigate why this show was fine to watch last year and now it's hot garbage. Right? It just I thought, it leaves us no sanctuary yeah. anywhere. I thought you were going to say, like, construction around the studio, because it seems like it changes the way we have to get in it, here every it, day. Changes. It, you you got you to be a Mensa member to get to this place now on a daily basis. Yep. Yes, no doubt. You said what's annoying that's really popular right now, though, yep. didn't you? Yep. Construction is, seems to be popular. Okay. Uh, this, this thing, uh, you familiar? All the kids are doing it. TikTok. Used to be called musically when my kids did it when they were oh, little. Just, yeah, okay. yeah. Like I, um, my kids got it this summer, and they just make their own little home movies. Yep. But and they they it's in I they aren't like part of the network or whatever. I don't allow them, so no one can see it. Yep. But they just say they people I, they the ridiculous voyeurism of people making it and then opening it up, and they just sit around and. And watch each other. Um, that's that's really annoying to me, which is why my kids, while they're living in my house, are not going to be like you know sharing that stuff. Uh, understood. Uh, for me, it's uh, you guys heard of this song called "Old Town Road" by Little Nas X. I don't have a clue who that is. You're better for it. Who's Big Nas X? I don't know. And is he better? I don't know. Is Bigger necessarily better in this case? What do you think? I don't know. He's some rapper, R&B, or I don't know, uh, guy. What about Little Nas Y? Put a a weird, weird um, spin, kind of this this weird hip-hop spin on, like, country music. And it's it makes me angry. I'm not even that big of a country music fan, but it just makes me angry. Uh, so that's that's something that annoys me that's really popular right now. And, I mean, it is really popular right now. Question number three. What's the strangest dream you've ever had? Oh, I See, I'm not a big dream person. I don't remember a lot of dreams. There was one I had a few months ago that was, like, really weird, and I remembered it. And now I have forgotten what it is. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay? I'm, I don't remember it, though. I remember waking up and remembering it and actually telling Amy about it. 
and it was really weird, but I don't remember what it was. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm sure I do. I just, I don't remember right now. There's somebody in the audience. Dace, why am I not surprised? You are the crusher of dreams. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> Especially after listening to today's show. But I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I don't remember a lot. I don't remember about dreaming a lot. I just don't. Well, that's the strangest dream I've ever had. Not, and this is, it's by definition going to be a Jesus juke of sorts, but it's, it's the one that was the most real. I mean, most dreams are like, oh, that you wake up and that's it. Even if they're a little scary or something, oh, but that's a dream. And it was just kind of convoluted or something like that. Uh, but the most real one I've ever had, my, gosh, it's 18 years ago now that my mom died. Uh, but at some point with, in the, within the months after uh, it happened, I just, I had a dream walking down a busy street, uh, sidewalk full of people, and there coming at me uh, is my mom. And uh, stops, and it's, and it's, it's, it, it's, it happens within the consciousness of my reality. I did, she, I know she's dead, she's dead, and there she is all of a sudden. And so I'm just like I would be in real life. Like, oh, my God. And it, there's no words exchanged. She just gives me a hug and a smile. And the look in the eyes is like the look of certitude about until we meet again and walks on. And I, I woke up, you know, in, in tears. Uh, but it was it's like, you know, Iron Man. At the beginning of uh, Infinity War, you know, he's talking about, but it was so real. It was so real. I mean, mm-hmm. that, it was as real as a dream I've ever had. And I have nothing to compare it to. I mean, everything else, like I said, is just kind of, you know, there's dreams. So hmm. I, I only said, that's my definition of weird because I, I it, it, it blew me away. It's like when the Bible talks about how God talks to people in dreams, it's always something like, uh, okay, you said it, I believe it, but I can't tap into what that might feel like. Mm-hmm. That was the only dream I can compare it to. It. Hmm. That is interesting. That is. Yeah. Um, mine is, is um, I, I think, a little bit like that. Uh, I will say, last week, before I did my first solo flight, I had that dream mm-hmm. that I stalled and the engine oil was too hot and, like, the back... You know, the, the, the tail flew off, and we started to go into a spin that we couldn't recover from. And then later that day, I actually soloed for the first time. Tonight, I'm going to do my first cross-country solo flight. And, of course, this morning, or sometime overnight, I had a dream. Uh, I was watching another airplane stall uh, and, and, and crash. Should I be worried? No. Um, my, my one... My weirdest dream happened, I think, last year or maybe two years ago. I was sitting in the studio by myself. It was just this table here with a computer. And uh, it's Todd, will, Todd will tell you sometimes uh, when he comes in, I'm just sitting there just kind of laughing and, and kind of I love that, uh, giggling Aaron. mutely. That's my favorite, Aaron. Yeah. And uh, I, I was doing that in the dream. <laughs> And uh, I don't know what it was or who I was going after, but I was just really nailing somebody just just <laughs> viciously. And all of a sudden, and I'm dead serious. You all were dreaming sudden, about how good you are yourself. <laughs> yeah. No. All of a sudden, it, all of a sudden, I I smelled something that was just completely putrid right in my nostrils. It woke me up, and uh, I I mean, 
it was it was so weird. I, I smelled something really weird, so weird that it, it woke me up, and uh, and uh, yeah, I was I was thinking maybe there's a gas leak or something. There was no gas leak. I was trying to figure out what could have caused that smell, but when I woke up, I I didn't smell it again. I just had this again. We're not we're not Christian mystics here by any stretch of the imagination. But there was this was after a time when I did a video for the Days Group that was just really personally mean, and my motivations behind uh, behind doing that were not what they should have been. Even though I could have been as mean, it's really weird. But I had this inkling that okay, don't just go after people personally because it makes you feel good. I don't know if that was actually what happened or if it was just last night's pizza. But it's something weird like that. It's weird that feeling to get after after some of these dreams, but you wouldn't know because you don't remember your dreams. I don't, you know, and, and that it's not a dodge. I mean, I really don't. You can ask my wife; she'll tell you. I just rarely, you know, she's she's been married to me now for twenty two years. I rarely remember dreams, and then if I don't talk about them after I do right away, they just go away. Yeah, I'm pretty you know? much like that. Yeah. So, hey, we're gonna stick around and do an overtime today as we continue. At least I do. You know, because I care that much about you as uh, I continue to risk my life for you, the people, here inside this wasp-infested den of iniquity we call a studio. We're going to stick around. We finally, you know, I, was, I went to my buddy Scott Rasmussen last night on Twitter. I'm like, where is your Iowa caucus polling? We've had two Iowa caucus polls since the first Democrat debate in June. That's really what matters because they're going to how they vote in Feb, on February third, one hundred and seventy nine days from now is going to shape where the race goes over the next hundred and you know over the fifty hundred days. Well, today Monmouth, one of the best public pollsters out there, has uh, the a new Iowa caucus poll. So we're going to stick around for the overtime today, and we're going to take a look at those numbers and break those down for you. Our Blaze TV subscribers. If you want to be a Blaze TV subscriber so you don't miss this and all of the other exclusive content we do here at Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace is uh, how you can get a discounted subscription using my name is more than a swear word this time. Try it. You might like it. blazetv.com slash dace. That's uh, how you can take advantage of uh, of me uh, to get which you really need, a subscription to Blaze TV. For the rest of you, thank you for uh, hopping in today, for enduring until the end. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, maybe. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.